You have just entered The Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. Welcome to episode five of The Royal Access. This is the last episode in the series, Single, Mid-30s, and Content. And you know, last week we did the episode, Expecting a Move from God. And this episode is a little different from the last episodes we did because we have a special guest. And I'm super excited to welcome our guest. Her name is Crystal Adderley. Say hello to everyone. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so so much Crystal for being here. We're going to have such a great a great episode today. The name of the episode today is Evidence of His Grace. Evidence of His Grace. And as you know in the la- Yes, I love it too. And in the last episode we talked about how when you're expecting a move from God, sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says not yet, and sometimes God says yes. And as you know, if you've been following the different episodes, I've been in a season of waiting on God to bring me a marriage, to bring children, to bring me into that new season of my life. And for years, I just waited on him and tried to to learn how to walk in that. And it's not always been easy. It's not been perfect, but it has been a series of progression. And one of the things that God told me in this particular season is to prophesy that he does have this for my life. And so I know that I'm in a season of not yet, but one of the things that I wanted to do today was to bring you in an interview with somebody who has been in a season of yes, who's in a season of yes and experiencing yes in her life and knowing of God's goodness and everything that God has done in her life. And so I'm super excited for us to have this conversation. And one of the scriptures that I thought about when preparing for this particular session was Joshua 23 and 14, which says, soon I will die going the way of everything on earth deep in your hearts you know that every promise of the lord your god has come true not a single one has failed and this is right before joshua dies and all of them know that that joshua was the one that led them into the promised land after taking over from moses and he's saying you see that we went into the promised land and god is good and god has been faithful and god has fulfilled the promises for us and god has just orchestrated this whole interview today i was so excited when crystal said yes for those who may not know i've never met crystal in person um but interviews like this is not strange during the pandemic but i've never met crystal in person um but we have the opportunity to meet today and to have a conversation today and i'm super excited about this conversation but god placed her in my spirit because there were just two things that i saw from her story her wedding video i would say it went viral everybody on facebook was sharing it And the vows that her husband gave her, it was like, wow. It was like this, this man was sent from God, like for sure, for sure. Like, I don't know how you felt in that moment when you was, obviously that was the first time you were hearing the vows. So how did you feel? Were you able to take it in or did you have to kind of listen to it again? Um, I was present, like mentally present as much as possible in that moment. Um, strangely and i think it was really god like although the church was really crowded in that moment it was very intimate and i think god was intentional about me experiencing that and i can tell anybody who knows me know that i am not a crier but i cried that day (laughs) um and i i don't know where those tears came from but it was a lot of locked up emotions because it was it was such a, a moment where I was hearing him express, like he has expressed his love to me, to me, of course, before. But in that moment, it was so significant. And mm-hmm. the fact that the presence of God was in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. So it was like his love and God's approval. So I was I was done. <laughs> and that, that's so beautiful what you said just now. It was his love coming out there. But also your crying and your happiness and the joy was for God's approval knowing that I am actually walking in God's will. And that's a beautiful feeling. It's one thing to have a desire for something, but it's even more a greater feeling when you know that not only is this desire coming to fruition, but this is actually 
an approval from God that I'm experiencing. Yeah, definitely. And that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. And the other time that I interacted with Crystal is I put up a post again. I told you I'm in a season of shouting and declaring that I know God has great plans for me. And I was talking about mm-hmm. my seven and a half year journey saying, trust me, I'm waiting on God. It's been seven and a half years. I know that God has me. And Crystal just wanted to encourage me. And she said to me, amen. I was single for 10 years. solid." And I was like, what? <laughs> I think I over here with my seven and a half. I I think I being all like I was seven and a half. So trust me. No, 10 solid. So stay in the fight, sis. And I was like, yes. And, and, you know, she just continued to say, you know, it was, it was necessary. And that she fell in love with God during that time. And that's what I felt like these seven and a half years have been about. And I'm not sure how much longer the season is going to be. I know God said it's going to happen soon, but soon is relative to God, but I am holding on to the promise. I'm holding on to the promise that God has given me and trusting that he will bring it to pass. All right, Crystal. So the first question I want to ask you is what was your life like before you accepted Christ? All right. Man. (laughs) Um, Okay. So my life, I'm going to take you through what I thought it was at that moment. Um, the old crystal, her perception of um, what she thought was happening. Um, I honestly thought I had the best life. Um, I was wearing the latest, driving the latest, um, dating the cute boy, the popular guy, engaged, um, but I was so depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an eating disorder. I wasn't comfortable with myself. I was um, obsessed with the guy, extremely jealous, um, getting into fights, um, just like physical fights. Well, no, with other girls, like spats, you know, the whole drama thing, this might do and all of that, just stepping out of character. Like, because anyone can tell you like growing up, I was really quiet to myself, but, um, when I, got this guy, like, he showed me so much attention and coming from a home where daddy was in there. So you have those daddy issues. And so, like, I have this guy that, you know, loves me. He's buying me clothes, giving me money, jewelry, all this stuff, time, attention. Um, And so I was willing to fight for that, to keep that. Um, So I was, I thought I was happy, but I really wasn't. Um, I was suicidal, um, had eating disorders, like I said. Um, just extremely, extremely depressed. And strangely, I wasn't saved at all. Now, keep in mind, I wasn't saved, but went away to college and studied theology because God told me to change my major from strictly education, but to double major in theology and education. So I did that. And I'm like, I, I'm not even on God one right now. But I don't even. I still did it. So, you know, while I'm in this relationship, not a holy relationship at all, God speaks to me and he says to me, end it. Your life depends on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, we weren't, it wasn't really the perfect relationship, but because I had given him my virginity, I thought that, you know, whatever he was doing to me, I deserved it. Like mm-hmm. it was a punishment. So like, it, it kind of like, you disobey God did this thing so now you're gonna have to reap it you know mm. and so i wanted to settle i made up my mind that i know this wasn't the best but this is what i'm, I'm i am i'm getting so i'm gonna just settle and take it um but god spoke to me and i don't know where i got the courage to end it we were planning a wedding down payments were made every family knew and how old um, were you I was, I think I was like 25, 25, 26. Mm. Um, Well, yeah, 25, because I was fresh out of college. um, And he was coming out of college a year behind me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, saved that money. Family had already invested. And we were about to do this. And um, I called off everything. Um, We didn't end the relationship right away. um, But... Um, yeah, it was just, I just was, a I just was a mess, totally, basically, um, 
and my life evolved around this one dude and God literally had to intervene in such a stern way where it was like either you choose him or life like I literally felt like if I chose him death would be the next thing I don't know how um but yeah I I knew I had to leave the relationship wow. so my life was basically surrounded around this man that's so crazy. And to everybody else, it would seem like you're, that's the life of your dreams. You got a degree, you had a, a boyfriend, you had the latest clothes, you had the latest cars. And so how could I have all of these things that I'm, that I want, all of these things that people are going after, whether they're in the faith or not, people are saying that's, that's relationship goals. That's what I want. So how in that moment can you still feel like this isn't, this isn't enough? Um, it's, it's, boy, I don't know. Like it's, it's where, because it's, it's almost like, you know, you, you think that these things fill that void, that emptiness. However, it doesn't, um, because no matter how much he told me I was beautiful or how beautiful I looked, I always felt like I was still fat, especially Mm -hmm. when, you know, these other girls are trying to get with your mind. And so it's like, you got to keep yourself at a certain level. So that comparison, insecurity, um, and so it's a, a lot of things that, you know, constitutes that. Ah, yeah. understood. So it's it's not it's not filling that void because really, and that's how I feel the enemy deceives us. He allows us to get in these situations where I feel like this person is my all and to everybody else, I'm looking like I'm living the best life. But inside and in my heart, I'm empty. I'm aching. I'm comparing myself and that void is still there. Definitely. And just being with someone can't feel that. Oh my gosh. All right. So you called off the wedding. What was the response of like family and friends when you decided? Because that's a hard... Even I've had some times when I did like shows or wanted to talk to someone who call or do a blog. I did a blog, a written blog for a long time. And I would ask different people, can can you come on the blog so I could share your story? And it's not like face to face. It's more so, can I write out your story? I just want to interview you mm-hmm. to write out your story. And they're like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Because that was just such a big deal to call off a wedding. And it's so, God is so real. Um, Today we're filming and we're doing a video version. And behind me is Sarah's wedding. And a lot of people came to tell me their story about calling off a wedding after watching wow. Sarah's wedding, because that's what happens in the first place. She calls off her wedding because she feels like it isn't right. So what wow. What was family and friends, what was that like for family and friends when they said, when you said, you know, I have to call it off. Money didn't pay it now. <laughs> Listen, Carol, that was the most humiliating experience ever. Wow. Ever. In the midst of obeying God, I hated God. Because it's like, I first, like, you have to keep in mind, I wasn't saved, but I still heard the voice of God. Did you grow up in church? Like, how are you knowing the voice of God if you're not, help me out. Okay, so I wasn't saved, but I grew up in church. Um, I had a very um, strong relationship with God from a child. Like, at four, I always tell the testimony of how... I would literally share my breakfast with God. And if anyone knows me, I love food. And from that age, I love food. But I would, my grandma would cook me breakfast and I would leave a portion in the grass for him. And I would talk to him um, constantly. So he was always my friend. Like I made him my friend and I made him my daddy in a way. Um, And so I was always God conscious. Mm -hmm. I always had dreams. I always had visions um so i it was i had a strong um spiritual connection to him but i didn't have that guidance to scare me as to how to submit to him Mm. and how to surrender i didn't understand that i just knew that he existed um and that he was powerful but i still kind of questioned it because he wasn't powerful enough to protect me or to um love me the way i needed to be loved Mm. it's it's a weird it was a weird um dynamic in my mind but i always i always was god conscious i always had knew that i heard his voice because he spoke to me through dreams and the dreams would be confirmed um and i like would hear him audibly like i would hear him speak to me wow so so, yeah so you had that relationship. so even though you weren't submitted or surrendered to him you knew who god was and you had that relationship with him so now you call off the wedding everybody is like upset and you're upset at god what is that like yeah, my family, um, they were 
they were um they were very i would say my my intimate my immediate family were very supportive um i think the biggest part of my humiliation came from friends um because you know you had the friends that were telling you this dude and the scene it and you know you like y'all just jealous because y'all single first of all second of all first of all <laughs> you know, um you know y'all don't want to see me happy you know haters and all that we go through all of that and so like for me like knowing that people knew that you know um this dude joking he ain't into nothing um this ain't gonna work and now i have to call this off it was humiliating my family was supportive um they were on his side my family because they couldn't understand like why why are you gonna do this like you hurt this poor guy but that's because i didn't let them into how much he had hurt me previously because of course i protected him i didn't want him to look bad mm. um and so they were kind of confused and i just told them you know just trust me this is for the best um this is what i need to do i don't want to go to details and i still protected him in the end to the end um but eventually i told them everything that happened but it was it was humiliating um facebook was out at that time and so people were when is this wedding because we had already announced it we were our status was engaged and so it's like you gotta delete all the pictures yes. and do all of that and i'm just kind of oh jesus like i was silent for months on facebook i think i even deactivated my account for like a year like, like why not because i don't want to face the world right now this is a big joke yeah it was humiliating wow. it was rough so how how do you move from how do you move from being, you know, being obedient to God? Because I've had, you know, relationships where a God told me to come out of a relationship and I stayed because I wanted to cling to the relationship for their life. Like I heard God, like now is the time to go. Let it go. Mm-mm, no, Jesus. No. no. The choir was singing the song. You ought to say yes. And I was like, no. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. So one, like, way to go on your bravery to walk away. And that wasn't even, like, walking away from a marriage. That was just me walking away from a relationship. But you had the strength to do it. So you had the strength to do it, but you were still angry at God. So how do you move from being angry to God, with God, to going into a season of committing my life to God? We had a conversation before we came on the podcast about what your journey was like. And you said that you spent time learning God, falling in love with God and who he was. So how do you move from discontentment? And I know you talked about um, being under discipleship. So one, was that what helped? And what exactly is that for people who don't understand what that is? And how did that help in your journey of connecting with God? And this is now at 25, 26? Yeah, this was, um, well, yeah, this would have been, so I spent about a year after I broke up with him, I spent a year single outside of the church and I started to date other guys. Um, yeah, that was a mess too because <laughs> I was hurting. Um, so at 27, around 27, 28, um, that's when I joined the community. And let me tell you, that was, that literally saved my life because literally I get in Terry I now literally months before um about a month before I joined um the church that I attend I literally wrote a suicide letter because here was I came out of this relationship for God and nothing I didn't he didn't like I only because I didn't have the discipleship I was like okay so where my husband Right, Preach. and I was running into these jokers who was in that time. I said, I'm like, they worse than what I had, <laughs> so it's like I gone from bad to worse. And so I'm like, God, I'm blaming God again. Um, because as far as I'm concerned, he told me to leave this dude, he didn't tell me to remain single because you probably must see of my husband. Um, and so I was very suicidal. Um, I wrote a suicidal letter, a suicide letter, and um, like right the day when I was about to do it, I got an invite to a church. And um, when I went there, the atmosphere of worship, 
um, I just cried. I didn't know why I was crying. I knew I felt something that was different, and I grew up in the Anglican church. So it's like very traditional. You go in, you out. But I went into this atmosphere where the presence of God was so real. And it was, I was at this time, I would admit, I was still sneaking around with my ex, um, still engaging in sexual activity with him, even though I had broken up with him. This is the one who you were supposed and, to marry. Pardon? It's the one, your ex who you were supposed to marry. Right. I was still sneaking around with him, even though I had broken up with him. And I'll never forget, at this time, he, he moved to Freeport for uh, uh, like a short time, like for a year. And I went away on this particular weekend and spent the weekend with him. And I don't know why he came to church the next day, because I was in a prophetic church. And I sat in the room right behind. You know you was going to a prophetic church. Listen, I sat right behind my senior pastor at the moment. And I'm like, Jesus, I've been away on this weekend. What's not? Long story short, she grabs my hand. And she said, where were you this weekend? And I'm like. Why? First of all, I'm going into fence mode. I'm a woman. Like, I don't have to answer. I groaned. But I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And she would not let my hand go. And I just cried because it was like, it wasn't shame, but I felt God. Like, it was almost like Adam and Eve, where were you? Because you know your business there, you know? Where are you? That moment of Mm. when he asked Adam and Eve, where were you? Mm. And she pulled me aside and. I don't know why I cried. I just felt the love of God in that moment. He came for you. He came for you. And that, and that's, and that's, it's okay. That's what God does. He pursues us so much. He loves us so much that he pursues us and he pursues us with love. And sometimes that loving hand is a sharp grip to say, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die in this relationship. I have so much for you and you can't see it. You're trying to cling and hang on to something that's not for you. And so in that moment, he was able to allow your your senior pastor to come there and say, I am going to be the Holy Spirit. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to work through me and really show you God's love. Wow. Yeah, like I, I didn't feel judge. I didn't feel... It was love. Um shame I and I couldn't understand like why do I feel this love in the midst of me messing you know um and so she prayed with me and she reassured me that you know um I deserve better like I don't have to settle I you know that there's a journey that God has for me and that he didn't just tell me to leave this guy just to to make me single, you know? I don't have to go chasing um, after love. Love is right here, you know? Um, Chasing me, pursuing me. And it was that guidance and it was that moment that changed my life forever. Because I, like, in the midst of being engaged, in the midst of um, having relations with men, I didn't feel that moment. I felt love in a new way. Um, and then sure, I, I felt God. And also um, for me, um, having a healthy, pure relationship, you know, in the church. And with a female, it was like, okay, wow. Like this saying, they're not abusive. They're not trying to manipulate or get anything from me. They really want to build a relationship with God. So that was huge. Um, for me in that moment and I can say from that day I did not look back it wasn't easy but I would tell anybody if you want to um, come out of a cycle where you're constantly engaging in things that is holding you back especially with relationships you need discipleship you need that voice you need someone that can journey with you and walk you through um, 
your process. You need that. You need that voice. You can't do it alone. And what 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 are all is involved in discipleship? I know it's one calling you out in love or coming to you in love mm-hmm. as a listening ear, but it is it also mm-hmm. like studying the Bible with you or praying with you? Like, what does it look like practically? Okay. Um, first, I would say definitely discipleship is not necessarily just one person walking you through. Um, I would say first thing, join a healthy, healthy church community. Um, you need a community of people. You need re- healthy relationships, not relationship, because a lot of times we then idolize a particular person mm-hmm. and we depend on them for our happiness, our peace, and our joy, as opposed so to embracing everything that mm-hmm. God has for you. And so I would say definitely find a community, a church that can train you biblically with um, sound doctrine, um, that can strengthen you, that can help you hear God for yourself. Um, Because we have a lot of pacified Christians um, where, you know, it's like, tell me what God said, tell me what to do, tell me when, you know, you can hear for yourself, um, you know, um, he's he's still speaking. Um, So church community and definitely God, Pray for safe places because the the church community isn't going to be able to handle your struggles. Um, may not be able to handle you know there are different different levels of maturity within the church, and there are different levels of boundaries that you will have within that community. Mm-hmm. So definitely find leaders and and different mentoring uh, or mentorships within this church where that they can counsel you that they can be more intimate. So you have the church community where you're building friendships and relationships that lead you in the path of Christ. And then within that community, you have other safe places that can advise you and counsel you that you can trust with your struggles, things that, you know, that, that are, that are, that are tempting because we all go through temptations. You may have a weak moment, um, but how do you make yourself accountable mm. to someone that can speak to whatever you're going through? That nest, that that I, I don't like to use the term that as a walk through mm. what you've been through because a lot of times we think that you know um, you well, you ain't been in my situation, mm. so you so can't you help, help me. me. But there's wisdom, there's God wisdom, there's um, counsel, and these persons. Um, once they're proven that they are able to give sound wisdom, um, they should be, um, and you pray about it, you can allow them to um, just guide you in your journey. And speak into and your walk life. walk you through some steps you can take. Awesome. Awesome. And I think, I think that's so important, especially when you're trying to get out of a cycle, like you said. Having someone that's mm-hmm. keeping you accountable and letting you yes. know that this is not what God has for you and there is more. And like you said, from then you cut it off and went on and you told us that you were single for 10 years. So what was that 10 years like? Was it always just like, oh, I left him behind. Now I'm with Jesus and I just can be single and content. No, sweetie. No, it was, it was a lot of stripping. First thing I did, I had to change my name because I didn't um get rid of all the contacts the booty calls um all of those stuff like i because i knew i knew i knew what i could handle mm-hmm. and so i had to be and i'm i have a radical personality though so like either i'm in i'm not i i rarely go in between so when i came in i came in like i was like okay god i'm in this and so i changed my number i deleted so many persons off my Facebook account. I made myself accountable. I gave someone my password on Facebook because I was engaging in conversations on the chat that I know I shouldn't have. So I said, you know what? If I know this person have my password, I don't want them seeing this stuff. So, you know, that, you know, made me... You made yourself super accountable. (laughs) Yes. Um... It was it was a journey where that ten year period, um, it wasn't easy. I literally you you hear the term rebirth, born again. Harrell, I was born again. I became a different person. I dressed differently. My priorities changed. My friends changed. 
um, my whole, my entire lifestyle, my ambitions changed, um, my goals changed, like everything changed. And once again, it comes back to, I was in a community that wasn't pointing me to them, but was pointing me to God. Mm. And so the closer I, I got to him, like my mind was renewed because now I was reading the word with revelation. Um, now I, um, I was encountering his love. And so like, I was hearing him clearly. I was, there was grace. There was grace. Like there were times when I will say, do children listen to this? <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> um, there, there were times literally like, I would be like, Man, dude, I didn't even remember I had a vagina. Seriously. <laughs> like, there was no feeling. There was nothing sexual. Like, there were seasons where it was like, I was so busy. And then there were seasons like, okay, God. Um, you say marry or like, burn. Like, so, <laughs> yet, like, you know, cold showers, you doing it. Like what's happening, you know? And so there, there were times, and and in those moments, there's grace. There's grace once you keep the proper boundaries, especially if you learn um your body, and you know um certain seasons and certain times, especially before your menstruation and all of that. You know what the triggers are, so you have seen. So I stop watching certain shows. I stop um listening to certain music i have to cut it out of my life i am the same crystal i am agreeing with you i tell people all the time because i've i've been celibate for seven seven and a half years and it's not going to happen if you still have the same kind of conversations you used to have not gonna i can't listen to slow songs just forget it i can't follow certain instagram accounts i can't watch certain shows i just can't watch it and if you could watch it fine but i know that i can't Right. Yeah. Like I, I, I had to be radical. Um, and so like all of that had to shift and it, it became easy for me um, because I literally knew that God was now my husband. And so, and he said that to me, he said to me, um, be faithful to me. And I, and I treated him like the, like the husband that I wanted. And so because he was my husband. I knew that I had to be faithful to him. And even though temptations came, I did everything to set boundaries. Um, and I just dove into worship, into prayer, and just spending those times with him and learning him. And it became easier. It wasn't just a matter of obeying him. I was in love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was in love with God. Like, I literally was in love. I am in love. But in that moment, it was... It was something like I was gone. Like I loved him so much. I could not see myself um, letting go or doing anything to interrupt what we had, you know, and no one was going to interrupt that unless he sent them. Right. And I knew that they had to come speaking his language to me. Um, Yeah. So I, I just wrapped myself up in God. Did the enemy well, crazy for now, I, like, I know just 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 in love with God and, and wanting to to do his will. Was there any yeah. time did the enemy make you feel like that's great you have God but you know you'll never get married? Definitely. Um one time my ex the my ex fiance he made a statement to me um and he said to me he said um you follow you right here behind your pastors, you know, they married, they have a child, you in this church, church, um, you're going to be single for the rest of your life. And that was his threat to me because this was a couple of years after we had broken up and he was trying to talk to me again. And I was like, I wasn't on that run, you know? And he was like, you falling up behind the church. People thought I was crazy. Some people thought I was gay. Um, all of a sudden, because you hanging around your pastor so much, you ain't dating, you telling all these dudes no, and so it's so much. Um, but yeah, the enemy he tried with accusations of being gay, um, making me think, you know, sending that doubt that you know maybe you know this ain't gonna happen. Um, there was his voice was 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 there, it was there. But in those moments, he 
affirmed that marriage would happen. It's so weird. I was in my pastor's parking lot, and at the time, I was an armor bearer. And he said to me, he said, would you give up marriage and family to serve me? Right? And I'm like, yeah. Right, I just said it, like, casually. And then he asked me again. And I cried because I realized, oh, geez, I just see what I'm saying yes to, like, marriage and family, but what? Celebrate for the rest. My, the first thing, I'm holy, but the first thing I was like, celebrate for the rest of my life. What? Thank really God. <laughs> like, okay, kids, I can get over. But wow. And I cried, and I'm sitting there, and I said, it would be painful in terms of, you know, you want to see yourself walk down the aisle and all that. I said, for you, I would. Because I, I, I had a strong revelation of God's grace. And in that moment, I committed myself to service. Um, and I had made peace with the possibility of not ever experiencing marriage and family. Mm. And I sincerely made peace with that. And I think in that moment, there was an acceleration to what he was doing in my life, ministry-wise, like, I started preaching and like the, the the anointing on my life like it shifted from that moment. Um and I and I feel that's when he had me totally like everything, like he could trust me with the more at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um and about two years after that, um he sent a prophet to me and told me that it was time. And Strangely, it was like, I think about, it was two years after, but about five or six months prior, my pastor, she had started to ask me about dating, you know, you know, are you thinking Is anybody? about it? Is there anyone, you know, and she had started even talking about grooming, you know, taking care of yourself more and all of that, mm. just encouraging me. Because I wasn't checking. Like, I, I sometimes I dress up and it's like, whatever. I wasn't looking for anything. Um, and so we started to talk more. And she, she said to me, she had felt like, you know, God is doing something. So I really feel like you're in a moment that God is going to do that. And then, yeah, it was all fast paced after that. So when you got the prophetic word, how old <laughs> were you then when you got a prophetic word that, that there is, that marriage is for you? Um, my, I got the prophetic word, I would say at 30. 34 35 so you were the you were the definition that's what i say god is so faithful and real because like i said i didn't know you before we did this podcast in terms of i just reached out to you to get some information um for a play that we were doing and god dropped your name in my spirit because of your testimony um with your wedding and because of your comment about mm -hmm. the 10 years and i said yeah. i don't even know how old she is and the series is called single mid 30s and content so i'm on facebook wow. like a little stalker and i'm like oh <laughs> well she obviously i saw one of your photos about talking about a birthday but it was like a couple years ago and i was like well she was definitely single mid 30s yes. and content and you're saying mm -hmm. the two years before the prophecy came at 34 35 two years before mm -hmm. that you had made the consciousness awareness in your heart that if god had called me to a life of singleness it would be hard um especially about the celibacy but if that is what god called me to do because i am a servant first to god i am right. willing to surrender and be a servant to god if that is what right. he says is my will and and that's a hard place to be honest that's a, i remember in 2017 i said it on another episode that was the first time i heard that just because you have the desire to get married doesn't mean you're going to get married and some people feel like just because I have a desire, I'm going to get married. So how do you get right. to a point where you're saying, I want this really, really bad. But if this mm -hmm. isn't God's will, I will empty my will and do what God wants. How do you get to that point? Love. When you're in love, um, just think about uh, even in our, um, I guess, elementary definition of love when we are in love with these crazy boys it's like we would do anything 
for them sometimes will do anything to make them happy. Um, for me, I it was different with God because not only did I love him, but he loved me back. And he had, he had proven his word to me in so many ways. Um, it, 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 I, I, the only, the only thing, the only thing I could say that made it easy in that moment was the love. Like love. I literally fell in love with God. Yeah. Um, and I was committed to that love. I, I knew what that love, how I knew where I came from and how that love healed me. It restored me. It welcomed me. I'd never I never felt anything like that in my life. And so when I felt that and I came into that revelation, there was no turning back for me. Mm. And so when you're like, I couldn't, I couldn't look back. And when you're in love at that, at that level, there's a level of trust. Yes. And so you mentioned that in some of your previous relationships that you didn't have trust. And I, yeah. I was the same way. I was very like trying to check your phone. I was trying to get in an argument with somebody, you know, crazy. I was checking the phone, checking the password, going on the email, just doing it all. Um, and God told me and showed me that one of the things that I wanted to teach you was trust, was learning yeah. how to trust. And when you have that trust in God, you're able to say, if you are saying this is the better life for me. Are you? If you're saying I'm more, I'm going to be more like you. I'm going to reach more souls. It's going to be hard because this is not my preference. But I trust that you say if the, if this is what you called me to, this is yeah. going to be the better life. Yeah. One of my script, one of my favorite scriptures was trust in the Lord, the Lord thy heart, lead not unto thy own understanding. And one of the things, the reason that it was my favorite was because it was so hard for me to do. It was so hard for me to do. And so when I came to the position where I could trust the man, and of course we grow um, at different levels, um, but I was at a place where I, I could trust him with my future. I could trust him with my struggles. I could trust him um, to take care of me, to lead me, to direct me, not to lead me down a path of darkness, of loneliness. Um, because I could trust him, it made it even easier, like you said. Right. And yes. wow. And having that trust with God led you to saying, you know, God, I give it to you. Two years later, a prophet comes and said, it is for you. So now tell us about your story, your story of how you came into, I know when we spoke before, you said it was an accelerated um, process. So tell us from when you got the prophecy to when you met, or if you met before the prophecy, I'm not sure, um, to when you met and then dated and then went into, so what was that like? Seeing God, the evidence of God's grace. God had grace and the grace was there just so people realize grace was there during that 10 years. Um, I heard Jackie Hill Perry say, your legs ain't that strong, sis. Um, because sometimes we think, you know, like I'm celibate. I said celibate. I was in the ministry. No, God kept you. During that time, God's grace kept your legs close. <laughs> your legs ain't that strong. So God, God kept you. There was evidence of his grace for keeping you for 10 years. Evidence of his grace to put that anointing on you to say that, you know, I surrender if that's what you want for me, if you don't want marriage for me. But then he came and showed you even more evidence of his grace that he graced you through this journey. So you got the prophecy. And then what was next? So, um, listen, I'm going to tell you how intent God was on teaching me the lesson of trust. Um, it was, I think it was about a year or two after I joined the church that Tavares actually joined. Um, so he was, a, we were friends, right? Um, and he was in the ministry. And I had this dream not too long after he had joined. And in the dream, he, he was dating this girl in the church, in real life, and in the dream. Mm -hmm. And in the dream, he, um, this person, I'm trying to summarize it, this person was dead on the floor, and he was praying for them, but the, the, there was this big guy in a suit, but he wouldn't come to life. And so I was sitting next to his girlfriend at the time, in the dream, and he called me up to him, and he said, um, I want you to do this work with me. And so we prayed for the guy and the guy came alive, right? And so I'm like, what does this mean? You know, I'm single. And he wasn't bad looking. I mean, he was like 
I love it. I love it. Pause on the total type. Why was he not your total type? Because, you know, like, for me, like, it was insecurity, too, because I'm a dark girl, so I automatically thought that the person I had to be with had to be really light-skinned. Or, like, like light, light. Like, light. Because I was just going to say, I saw photos of your husband. He's not he's not dark, but you mean, like, light, light. He's not dark. You, but, yeah, but light, light. Light, light, okay. I, I was a light, light girl. <laughs> and anybody watches YouTube, Crystal, they can say, they can say we twins, because they always doing me by Karel and these light skin. Karel and these light skin dudes. Don't, don't, don't add to on. They used to do me in. My friends used to do me in, because they knew if you was in red, she ain't on your right. <laughs> and so, I'm like, okay, what this mean? And, I, I thought he was cute. Like he was cute, um, but I'm like, gee, he has a girlfriend. Uh, so I'm like, anyway, I don't know what this man. But in my spirit, I I felt like it was like he chose me, and so I didn't want to become one of those crazy girls that had a dream, go run tell the dude, look, God show me he was my husband. No, and I and like I said, I had good good pastor. I had a good pastor, good spiritual mother. And so she ensured that that was in the past for me in terms of, you know, you got to go to see your husband or what's not. And so it was something that, you know, I took in and I prayed about it and I said, well, God, if it's him, then it's him. If not, you know, because I believe everybody has a choice. Yes. Um, and so even though God could show me, you know, that this is someone that I possibly have you to but I still has to make that choice right. that this is what he wants. And so I prayed about it and I left it. He dated. Um and so I was single. And so how many years was that? Because you said that was shortly after you joined the church? Yeah, I had the dream. Not too and he had just joined. Um I had the dream. And so years went by. Um, he was at the church. We were friends. There was nothing. I wasn't faking. I was really happy for him. Um, and I really don't I care. I went on a sabbatical. I went away to Luther, and I was. I started to write my book, for well, two books, and I was journaling with God. And God said that I'm preparing him for you. He said to Varys, and he said within two years. I'm preparing him for you. So I'm like, but we even ain't like that. Like, you know? And so this is how God is talking to me personally. Um, and but I and I, I'll tell you why I believe God did that with me. And he had to do that with me. That was my personal journey. Please, in Jesus' name, don't go thinking so <laughs> any young lady it- go there. Um, harassing these dudes, God saves me and all that. You. God was doing something intentional with me. Um, and so anyway, the prophecy came um, when I came back off of my trip. So it was like confirmation um, to mm. what God had said. Um, and then um, Tavares and I, we were, we were always really good friends. Like He would always tell me what was going on in his life. I would too. He would always share um, we would communicate, um, but I noticed that we started to talk a little bit more. And so I was like, okay, I'm watching, you know, so I'm, I'm just watching it. So I ran to my female pastor. She was caught in the middle of all of this, apparently, is what I found out. Um, so I'm like, I don't know, I feel like, he, like he's talking a little extra to me, like, I feel like he possibly likes me, and she's sitting there like, oh, okay, we'll just pray about it, submit it to God, not knowing that he had gone to her, <laughs> but she couldn't disclose. You know, just pray, you know? tell Jesus. And so I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm praying about it, and God literally told me, even before me and him had started talking a little bit more, God took me on a journey where I fasted for seven days mm-hmm. for my husband, and there were seven distinct names that he told me to pray for over my husband, and and it was a and God told me these seven things would be how I would be able to identify him. Now, right before Tavares came, there was this other guy that was pursuing me intently, mm-hmm. and I was kind of blurred in that direction because 
that was where all the attention was coming from now. And he was quote unquote safe. Um, and so he was speaking that language. And so I'm like, mm. okay, maybe this is it. But I realized he didn't line up with the prayer. Mm. And he did not line up with the seven things that God had told me to pray for. And I think that that was a pivotal um, tool for me um, because I literally feel like that was a counterfeit and it was a distraction. And literally, after I had really broke it off, we weren't dating, but we were talking and he took me out a few times. After I had like, I cut him off, like block him on WhatsApp and stuff. Two months later, Tavares um, approached me and told me how he felt. And so like, um, it, like it, it was a fast process, but it wasn't, I tell people, even though it was fast, it was still something that God was preparing for both of us for. For a while. Yeah. And how so old, how, like, how old were you at that time when he told you he, I'm interested, when he, when he said I'm interested? He, how old am I? Seven. Okay, so I was 36 when he would have told me how he felt. 36 years old. So you was 36. Yeah. So he told you, I'm interested. So what, yes. how long did you guys date after that? Boy, listen, <laughs> we dated six months. Six um, months. And then he proposed. And, and, I, and like I said, everybody will look at it and be like, that's too quick. But you knew him from, but you also, that was your right. friend. You, I, you knew him all of those years yeah. at the church. It wasn't like a random dude. Right, and we both knew what we wanted. We both knew um, what we had prayed for, um, and we were always good friends. Um, yeah, so and we knew God, and it wasn't a God told me that this was your husband, or God told me this is your wife. We both made a decision mm. that this is who we wanted as well. So it was like that partnership with God. So even though God had. And, and the reason I said that God was intentional with me, um, God was teaching me to trust him in a deeper way. Because even though I saw prophetically that this guy was going to choose me, I had to watch him date someone else. I had to, um, you know, be his friend and be pure about that and be okay with him not choosing me, which was a healing for me in rejection. Mm. Because now it's like I had God was, he was, he was teaching me something so pivotal in that moment. Like now I look back and I'm like, wow, God, like you carried me through even that. Cause one time ago, that would have been like, excuse me. Like I would have been on that. Right. You know, in my subtle, seductive way, mm-hmm. you know, trying to lure him in my direction. But, God was teaching me, no. Trust me, gonna, let I'm me do it. A journey. Let me yeah. let me bring him to you and everything. Wow. Yeah. So that was yeah. six. So you you guys dated for six months and then you got mm-hmm. engaged. And then after you got engaged, how long was your engagement? Our engagement, we got engaged in June. So that was like another six months. Another six months, we was engaged. And then we got married in December. So the December... You got married December 2019. Yes, 2019. Engaged to June 2019 and married um, December 2019. We dated, uh, we started dating December 5th of 2018. Wow. So wow. Like, uh, and God just lined it all up. We sure and, did. and now you're pregnant. <laughs> yes. And another quick work. Accelerate. So when you're waiting all them 10 years, God say, I'm going to redeem the time. I'm going to redeem. When God redeems the time, he, listen, I can write a book about the redeeming of time in my life. Because I'm like, Jesus, like, what? Did you ever, I know, did you ever fear not having children? Because at this age, that's another thing that people that we deal with as a a 35-year-old who's single and Mm -hmm. not dating, another thing you deal with is people saying, well, hurry up, pick somebody because you ain't going to be able to have no children. Did you ever feel like I may not be able to have children? Definitely. Um, There was one time I remember I was having a conversation with my spiritual mother and I was like, oh, I don't even want children, you know? And then she was like, no, that's just your defense mechanism. Um, like, you want kids. You just 
afraid that you may not never have it. And so that burst my bubble. And so I realized that there was an underlying there that it may not happen. Um, and so I kind of pushed the idea of wanting kids so I don't be disappointed. And so I'm like, oh, I'll be, a, I'll be the gaudy or the auntie. Um, but seriously, there was a moment, like even coming into marriage, I was like, geez, um, at this age, I, you know, and God spoke sternly to me about the promise that he had um, for our union. And, you know, even before our marriage, like during our engagement, the prophetic words came in about the children. Um, and so even today I posted um, from Samuel, first Samuel, first um, Samuel chapter one, um, where Hannah said, for this child I prayed mm. for, and I knew, like, God had given me that um, a while back during our engagement. And I knew that uh, Tavares and I had spoken, like, we were planning on, you know, alternative ways of preventing early pregnancy. And, you know, we sat in the car and he was like, we both repented because we were like, okay, whatever God wants. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll let him have his way. And we, we kind of knew, we weren't trying Oh, but we kind of knew that it would probably happen. Mm -hmm. So we were we were caught off guard, but not really, because the prophetic words came in that it would happen, and he had already kind of spoken to us both about that. Good stuff. And now you, you asked earlier, like, do children watch this show? Um, no, children don't watch the show. But a lot of Christians, they fear that either I've been a virgin or I've been celibate, like in our case, um, all of these years that I don't, I wouldn't know how to be with my husband now because I've been celibate for so long or, oh, you don't know how it's going to be because you decided to be celibate. Um, and I just wanted to give an encouragement to them that, you know, when you marriage, having sex in, in marriage is still a beautiful thing. And did you experience that it, it's still a beautiful thing? It's not like, oh my God, I have to be so weird because I was celibate for 10 years. It doesn't work. Well, listen, I, I'll be real with you. I was from that tribe, me and my friends. Um, even early on in Christ, we were like, wait, I don't know if we can uh, be the ones that could wait. Like, we got to have some kind of test to see. You know, I love Jesus, but... But I, I will say this, God is faithful. He is faithful. And he knows the desires of our hearts. And he will answer your prayers. And I will say this too. Um, one of the things that um, I learned, and, and what Tavares and I, we really had good counsel before marriage. Um, because a lot of times people go into marriage probably thinking, you know, Oh, 10 years. Oh, Jesus. And you know, and, and all of that. And but it's a map, it's a really it's it's I can't I can't describe it. It's something so different in marriage. It's totally different than the world than mm -hmm. what you've ever experienced. It's such a beautiful moment. Um to the point where even on, on our wedding night, I think I cried mm. um, because of the moment. It was so different than um, in the world. Mm. And and one of the things that I I, I, I think that helped us that we had a lot of conversations prior to marriage with counsel, of course, mm -hmm. um, and accountability, where we talked about sex and marriage, um, and pleasing one another, and not because really in the world, um. By Pastor describing, it's almost like you're masturbating one another. Mm. It's selfish, you know, mm. but in marriage, it's service. And so, like, even in the bedroom, you serve one another. Mm. Um, you have conversations about, you know, what you like, what you don't like, and, and all those different things. But um, that's the beauty of it, and that's what makes it even more intimate. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about just getting off or, you know, having an orgasm. It's about making love to this person's person and then having God in the midst of that and his approval and his pleasure. It's just a, it's just a magical thing. So I, I, I would honestly say if you pray and you let God know what you want and be open to conversation, be open to um, talking about what pleases you and what you don't like and all of that, 
Um, you shouldn't have any problems. <laughs> amen. Amen. So I just wanted to, us to leave on an encouraging note. Um, those 10 years are hard. And I know because I was seven and a half years, but there's there's so much that God has for us, even mm-hmm. outside of, of marriage. God told me like marriage is not the destination. Marriage is not your purpose. It's a part of your purpose. It's a part right. of your journey. Children are a part of your journey, but it's not the end game. Um, and so those 10 years are necessary so that you can be purified to everything I've called you to be, not just Mm -hmm. this is, you know, I'm just going to look in my husband's eyes and that's what I'm going to do for the rest of your life. But there are people who are still in the season of single mid thirties and some of them are content, but some people are struggling with discontentment. The last thing that I wanted you to leave, um, with our listeners is what do you think? was most important or why it was very necessary to have those 10 years of God preparing you in those mid thirties for, to be a wife and now to be a mother. What, why do you think those 10 years were necessary before the acceleration of all of that coming to pass? It was necessary because I needed to be healed. I came from an abusive situation where I was molested. Um, I was abandoned, rejected. Um, I was a mess. Um, and my journey was 10 years. Some people, it may be two. Some, it may be one. Um, I came from a very messed up background. And so I know my journey, um, it was it was necessary so I could be healed. And so my advice to um, any person in their 30s, Allow God to heal you. Allow him to do what's necessary, not to make you perfect, but to make you whole so that you can um, you can be um, the, the best version of what he has um, for that person and what he has for you to fulfill purpose in this life. Because like you said, it's not just about being a wife or a husband. Um, you need to come whole. You need to come whole because Tavares has um, his purpose on earth. And I have mine, but when we come together, it's like, you know, it's powerful. And so I think it's important for you to allow yourself to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free from whatever has been a hindrance in the past, what has been causing the cycles of bad relationships, what, and even outside of um, the the dating relationship, your friendships. If you want to see what kind of partner you be, look at what kind of friend you are um, sometimes. So it's not mm-hmm. even just about, you know, the opposite sex. Sometimes it's, it's, it's right in our friendships. The mass is there. It's evident that we need to be healed and we need to be delivered. And so I would say definitely the process is for your healing. It's for your freedom, not just to make you a wife or a husband or a father or a mother, to make you the best version of who God has placed you on this earth to be. Amen. That is so many different functions. That is so good. And you dropped so much gems today. So many gems that people would take with them in terms of God was preparing your heart for service. God was showing you how to trust him. He showed you your husband years before and it was like, don't move on it now. Just let's go through this process. Um, be patient. Um, he taught you about surrender. He taught you about loving him genuinely. And I think that that is what this time is about. And if you're waiting on anything, cause different people who listen to this podcast, some may be waiting on a child. Some may be waiting on walking in full purpose. They don't know what their purpose is. Some may be waiting on marriage. Some may be waiting on a move, feeling they should be living somewhere else and they're still in a particular city or island. Some may just be waiting for this pandemic to end. (laughs) Whatever you're waiting on. Whatever you're waiting on. But just know that God is faithful and that there is evidence of his grace. And like I said, I was reading from Joshua when we started and Joshua was telling the people before he died, we've seen what God has done. And that's what this episode of evidence of his grace was about in terms of we've seen the evidence of his grace. We've seen what he has done. We've seen God answer the promises. Um Crystal, you shared with us, you know, God gave you that prophecy and he spoke to you and I'm sure he spoke to your husband and that's why he moved um, within him to come and to speak to you, to let you know that I feel like this is what God has for our lives. And so I'm so, I've been encouraged. I'm in that season of still waiting. I'm shouting because I know that God has it for me Um, and I haven't seen it yet, but I just know that I'm... It's coming. And so, so sometimes God says no, sometimes he says not yet, sometimes he says yes. We got to hear the story tonight about yes. 
And I, I'm trusting and believing God for the things that our listeners are waiting on. So thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. You can connect with me on Instagram at Pinder 1908 Crystal, are you on Instagram or Facebook? I'm on both. So what is it on <laughs> yeah. Instagram? Oh, I don't even know. Okay. Chrissy Love. Chrissy Love. So Chrissy Love on Instagram, but we'll put that information in the show notes. So thanks so much. And thank you for listening to episode five. Thank you for listening to the Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or review. Until next time, I'm Carol Pinder, your truth-telling accountability partner.